Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, but for more info and business wrench related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. This is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And my name is Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. Now our show introduces you to local trust experts, whilst we also discuss topical issues impacting on local businesses. And these are topics or themes that we've heard whilst Ben and myself have been out networking or what you, the listeners, are sending in requests for us to cover on our show. On today's show, we look forward to welcoming our two guests. That's Heather Wood from Metro Bank and Stephen Jacobs, who's the author of The Butterfly Effect of Money. Now, Ben, my question for this week is around effective money management. What tips do you think we could share this week for our listeners? Oh, Mike, what an important topic um, and, and probably such an important topic. I'm sure I don't have that many tips, but I'm sure our two experts, Heather and Stephen, will have plenty. This is the Business Branch with Ben and Mike. We'll be welcoming Heather and Stephen after this. Get radio. Welcome back to the Business Branch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And um, today we're joined by two experts um, to talk about effective money management. Um, so let's start um, by introducing those two guests. Um, let's start with um, Heather. Heather, welcome. Uh, please introduce yourself um, and indeed Metro Bank to the listeners. Hello. Good morning. Um Ben and Mike, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, so yes, I'm Heather Wood uh, from Metro Bank. I've been at Metro Bank for five years. Uh, I guess what makes us different to any other banks um, is that we are a bank that's open seven days a week. Uh, we see ourselves as the number one community bank uh, on the high street. Uh, so we're open seven days a week from 8.30 to 6 p.m. Monday to Saturday and 11, p- 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on a Sunday. Uh, we print cards in store. You don't need an appointment. And all our colleagues are multitasked. Whether you come in with a personal query or a business query, they'll all be able to help. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of an overview of Metro Bank there, Ben. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we're going to go into that a lot more um, over the next hour. Um, our second guest today is Stephen Jacobs. Um, welcome, Stephen. Hi. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Stephen Jacobs. Thanks very much for having me on your show. Uh, I've been in the banking sector for over 30 years and I've authored two books. The first one was The New Manager uh, in 2016. It was published by Penguin. This is now my second book called The Butterfly Effect of Money. And uh, I have a real passion to see uh, education in the financial sector so that people make wise decisions about their money. Amazing. Perfect. Um Stephen, I am going to stay with you, if that's okay, um, with easily the most difficult question um, based on past guests, um, which is you have chosen a song for our listeners this morning. So yes. what is your song choice and why have you picked it? Well, I've chosen uh, Manny Can't Buy Me Love by The Beatles, uh, an iconic band. And I think it just, for me, summarizes the the real ingredients of life, and that is love. And uh, money should always be in the background. But the big thing is that uh, you can't buy you can't buy love. It's something that's uh, just, it's really valuable 
And it's always a, a constant reminder in the back of my mind. It's the reason we exist and, and what we do. Discussing topics that impact local businesses and their owners, this is the Business Brunch. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Now, today's topic is effective money management. And before that song chosen by Stephen, um, we, which seemed very appropriate for our theme, uh, you were hearing introductions from our guests. And as a reminder, those guests are Heather Wood from Metro Bank and Stephen Jacobs, who's just um, a second author of his second book, sorry, of The Butterfly Effect of Money. Now, to kick off our roundtable, Heather, if I can come over to you first, I know yeah. you and your team speak at schools and at colleges about effective money management. So, so what are the key messages really around that? Yeah, so um, what we do at Metro Bank is we, we have a programme called Money Zones, where effectively we go into to primary schools and we talk to pupils in years four to six. Um, there's three sessions, so we'll go to the school twice, um, and then the last session, the, the pupils and their teachers get the opportunity to come to the bank. Um, but very much the sessions in the schools are, are very much around sort of teaching them around things like savings, uh, interest, bank accounts, budgeting. Uh, we do a session around needs and wants, so we'll hold up cards as such, things like, you know, mobile phone bills, food you know, and, and getting the pupils to really think about actually what, what what do we need in life and what do we want in life. Um, they get activity box, which they complete as part of that session, which they get to take home. Um, and then I say on the, on the last session, they get the opportunity to come into the bank and have a look around the bank themselves. Um, all Metro Bank stores have um, a vault uh, with safe deposit boxes in, so they've got the opportunity to have a look around that, understand the importance of why people might need one. Um, so, yeah, so it's just trying to educate them at a young age and prepare them for, for obviously, um, as they get older. Um, and as you highlight there, we also do career events. So we go into, into schools, talk about future in banking as well um, to try and help and assist um, yeah, people with their, their longer term career aspirations also. Amazing, amazing! What what a great way to start the roundtable, and, and and what an important topic, um, Stephen. I just want to bring um bring the conversation o- over to you, um, with with probably quite quite a big question, um, is what what is um effective money money management, and do do Brits um let's focus on Brits where let's focus on Brits. Do Brits know enough about money across the board? Yeah, I think it's a good question. If you do research on the eighteen to twenty four year old age bracket. Uh, scary as it sounds, one in three are so indebted that they have to actually borrow money from family, friends in order just to eat. And that's ineffective money management. A large portion of the gap is the emotional side of why people make decisions about their money. A large, a large time, if they look at the emotional side, it's, I've got to have this now. And if I don't have it now, uh, I'm not going to survive. And then they buy the item. Months down the line, they realize they've made a mistake. They can't afford their repayments, whatever it is. And it's quite a humbling experience going back. So for me, if you said, what's effective money management? It's been treating each penny as wise as possible around why am I spending it? And savings is important, but more important than savings is does the person understand the have the emotional maturity to understand the long-term implication of the decisions I make with my money. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've tried to get through in this book that I've written. 
that's a really nice link actually between the two of you what you've just said actually heather because one of the things you said that you talk about in the primary schools is needs versus wants and i guess that's sort of linking in with what steven's saying about emotions so tell, tell us a little bit about that particular element that you're doing in terms of what experiences you find and you know how the message gets across in terms of needs versus wants because even as an adult now i'm i sort of perhaps struggle there that one myself so we do them sessions uh, in the school with the, with the pupils, and it's always really interesting to see what what answers they provide in terms of what they believe, actually what they truly, really do need or what they really want in life and how they see perhaps a mobile phone bill being really important uh, as, as, as a need rather than a want. Um, and then, you know, we see we see that as as then children progress and they open their first bank account Metro Bank and they come in then years later. Um, and for us as, as a bank, it's important that we try and help them youngsters on that journey with their finances, especially when they're getting, you know, perhaps their first job. Um, and you know, how do they manage their bank account effectively? Um, you know, they might come speak to us about things like credit cards. Um, and it's down to us, the responsible lenders, to speak to them youngsters in terms of what do they need? Why, why do they need a credit card? Why do they feel that's important to them? Um, so that fits into the educational piece. Um, I guess, and probably links into what Stephen was saying earlier. Um, it is important about looking after the pennies. Um, so that that is is certainly our role as as a bank to have them conversations. Amazing. No, re- really, really good point there. Um, particularly um, when, when looking back to to the first job, because I I think looking back to, to to when I when when I was leaving school, I remember my first job at Waitrose, and it seemed like so much money, didn't it? And then I think as you go through each job throughout your career, I, I think one of the things that we so often see is as we get a better job, we get a better house, and as we get a better job, we get a better car. And actually, so many people have no more money left over at the end of the month as 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 their career career goes on. Stephen, what what do you, what do you see under that? And and like, what tips and techniques would you give to to those listening, whether they be forty years into their career running a big business, or whether they be right at the start of their career? What what I guess kind of financial management yeah. tips would would you would you recommend? I think the the key here is, and just Mike's question earlier about a need versus a want. I mean, the easiest way to decipher what that is is have no money left, have ten pounds in your account, and you have to make it through the month. And what would you spend that on? The reality is, is the person that goes to the, the shop and buys some sort of luxury item and can't eat the next day, it will quickly establish that they need money to, in order to eat. You need clothing, you need a roof over your head. When it comes to exactly your question around decision-making when you first enter into the world of work, I think the challenge is, is that people associate debt with my money. They don't see a cost to it. If if we advertised that three, four, five years down the line, this is what your financial situation would look like, maybe some of those decisions would be slightly different. But in the moment, as an emotional being, I, I really need that car. It looks beautiful. And I want the best one because I'm going to look really nice with my friends. But when you can't put fuel in the car and you can't afford the insurance payments, and something happens in your life, it changes your your uh, viewpoint on it. And I really think that if a person sits down and really s- looks at how do I budget for the month, you know, your uh, practical example, when I was the sales manager in Ghana for Standard Chartered Bank, the last week of the month, our sales dropped substantially. And the only reason for that is because the sales team ran out of money. 
And when we educated around how do you make your money stretch for a month, our sales in the last week of the month was brilliant because people had the money to go out and sell. So it impacts every part of your life. Money is so important, but the training, the education that individuals get uh, doesn't demonstrate clearly enough the damage that can be caused if you make uh, emotional-based decisions when you get your first paycheck. Mm-hmm. And that behavior, that's my concern. When you start like that in your career, it only gets worse as you get wealthier. <laughs> it doesn't get better. So if you start with the right principle up front, and that's what I've tried to demonstrate a lot of times, if people think clearly, do I really need this right now? And would it be better to save for it because your decision-making changes over time? Uh, it's the same with small businesses. I've honestly met with lots of business owners that use turnover in order to justify existence. But I've got such a huge turnover, but their finances are in a complete mess because they're not getting money in. So their big challenge is not turnover. Their biggest challenge is they're not managing the day-to-day expenses efficiently and they're making mistakes. If you look at it, you just step back, you breathe and say, don't bring the emotions into this. Is this something that's going to cause business to grow? Am I going to get money? Am I going to be sustainable? Then you can start making those decisions more clearly. But if you don't take that emotional side out of the equation, you will make mistakes because Man, how am I to argue with someone that is really excited about getting something and they want it right now? Very difficult to argue against someone like that. I think you make a really interesting point, actually, in terms of the, you know, we don't necessarily look forward to see the decisions we make now is going to, how it's going to impact. And I I know I've had conversations, even Ben's had this conversation with me because I know it's a habit of Ben's is you repay your mortgage. Uh, you know, overpay your mortgage and you'll repay it quicker. And people get that. They say, oh, if I repay it quickly, I'm going to save thousands of pounds, but they can't equate forward to sort of say, well, if I take this loan, it's going to be a 20 year loan or I'm going to put an extra 10,000 pound on my credit card, what the impact is. So I think it's a really interesting point. Heather, you you seem to want to come in then. Yeah. And I was just going to say as well, you know, we're, we're literally in the midst of very interesting times, aren't we? As we see interest rates going up for the first time in a very long time. And, you know, we've lived in a society where, you know, people haven't had to save, you know, uh, finance credit's been so cheap that people can buy, you know, we very much live in a Nile society, whereas people are finding that very different as they're seeing, you know, the, the interest rate on their credit card is now creeping up. Loans are becoming very much more expensive. And therefore, like you say, as Stephen referred to the nice shiny car, you know, people are having to really think about actually, can they afford? Um, But on the flip side of that, it's a great time for savers. Um, You know, people that have got money sat in the bank that are now starting to be able to earn some interest. So, yeah, it's certainly very interesting times um, for everyone. That was that was the question I was going to ask yourself, actually, because, again, you talked about the, the training, Heather, about talking about interest and one of the things I find people get really messed up with is the comparison of interest rates, whether it's APR or not. So have you got some sort of thoughts around effective ma- money management to understand the, the true rate of interest people are paying? Yeah, I think the key thing is that people don't read the small print. You know, really, you know, at the moment, I know lots of emails, letters are being sent out to, to, to everybody, you know, regardless of where you bank, what finance company you're with. But really do read the small print because in there is, is the information you really need to know. Um, I know daily we're seeing people come into the bank with questions where they're confused and they've received letters from the post. 
And it's our jobs as, as financial professionals to support and help people um, and make sure they really understand what they've got and what they're going to be paying. Um, so what I would say is for your listeners is if you've got and you're not sure, just reach out to one of them professionals um, if, if you're not sure. Amazing. Really, really good advice. Um, we are going to stay uh, with, with you, Helen, uh, with, with a tough question. Uh, similar to Stephen, uh, you have chosen a song for our listeners this morning. What is your song choice and why have you picked it? Yeah, so I've picked a slightly different series, but mine is Crocodile Rock by Elton John. Uh, and the reason for this is that this person, uh, who, who this song reminds me of a person who I've got a lot to thank for because they've supported me in my financial career uh, 20 odd years ago. And I think just in the doom and gloom, as we just mentioned there, in terms of you know interest rates going up, cost of living crisis, etc. Hopefully, this will put a smile on people's faces and uh, just lift every spirit. Oxfordshire Station, get radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike um, on Get Radio. And today, really, really delighted to be joined by two experts who are sharing their time with you, the listeners, to really share financial education, um, which is one of the most important things um, as individuals and business owners we, we can possibly have. Um, so, Stephen, um, I just want to um, come uh, come across yourself and and something that um, sort of has been touched on a little bit um, is just build on, I guess, kind of the compound effect, whether that be compound interest or whether that be overpaying your mortgage or whether that be yeah. saving monthly. Can, can you just share um, in probably a much more sophisticated way than I can um, yes. really um, the, the importance of, of, of what compounding does and, and the impact it can make on lives and, and indeed businesses? Yeah, I think you, you have to. So for the listeners, it's really important to understand compound interest around the purpose of what's happening because you have it on both equations. One is when you're taking money, one is when you're saving money. If you're taking money and someone, as an example, gets a credit card, the purpose of the debt that they're getting should be something that is positive. So as an example, person gets a vehicle, helps them to get to work, helps them do business. You can tick the box. Maybe you've got a house, the house will grow over time. You can tick the box. If someone's taking a credit card so they can go on holiday and then decides to repay it over time. The reality is, is that they start paying interest on interest. So let's say a small business decides I'm going to get a credit card and it's going to give me extra cash flow. What they're really saying in that moment is the cash flow I generate right now isn't sufficient for my business. And as a result, I need more cash flow. So they get the credit card. Once that's used up, they're still in the same position, but now in a worse position because they're paying interest on interest. That's the compound effect. It would have been better to reconsider how they can cut back on expenses or generate more income and bring business, extra business into their business than taking a short-term debt um, to solve a problem which is not going to go away. In fact, it'll get worse further down the line because of the compound effect. In the same way, savings, no matter how small it is, even if you start with 10 pounds a month, the reality is that you're starting to get a, a good habit in place. And yes, there's different interest rates, but I, I would say my advice to anyone is just start because what you're actually doing when you save is you learning to live on less. And if you can get into that habit, it's a fantastic habit. And the compound effect, yes, there's many books on it and you can go on line and you'll see that you start making more money because you're getting interest on interest and you can calculate 
if there's there's lots of calc- online calculators will tell you how much you're earning. But as an example, my boy, he's 18. I'm getting him to save every time he gets his salary from McDonald's. I honestly, he shows me his savings because I'm getting him into that habit. I'm saying, get into the habit of saving because if you do it every month, you'll find that that money will start to grow. And before long, I mean, one of his friends had um, like thousands of pounds saved up through that same behavior. And I know that Luke will go the same way, but it's really important to understand that it's both on the negative and the positive and any type of debt you take, if it gives you short-term relief, it's exactly that. And later on, if your capital hasn't increased, your turnover hasn't increased, you're in a much worse position further down the line than what you were before you took that loan. So be very careful that the purpose of the loan is generating something for your business. Great tip. Great tip. I, I absolutely love both of your passion for for sort of supporting people and particularly in young people. You know, a lot of people know that I, I love supporting young people as well, but that early education. And I hope our listeners are, are getting a lot from it from themselves today, but hopefully um, they get one of their children or uh, grandchildren to listen back to the show because hopefully that'll be an educational part for, for them on the, from the recording. Heather, I want to come over to yourself in terms of the day-to-day things that you're seeing because I know you and your team are seeing the impact of money on people's lives every day because you've got customers walking through the door saying, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I ask you about this? So so what's the current themes out there? Is it debt? Is it savings? Is it a mixture of both? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, I guess I guess currently right now as a, as a banker, my job's quite interesting again because, you know, I said before, interest rates going up. Um, you know, we've got people that are looking to lend money, but we've also got looking people looking to put money on deposit, so looking for the best interest rates. So it, it's really a variance between both on, on the personal and business side of banking right now. Um, you know, we are certainly being approached by lots more businesses uh, in terms of what facilities they can put in place, whether it be an overdraft facility, whether it be credit card, term debt. Um, so, yeah, it's just about understanding that business, what their plan is, what do they need the money for, who the people are behind the business. Um, but ultimately, we always say to business owners, you know, what is your plan? Where do you see the business you know, in the next year, three, five, ten years time? Um, just to get a real understanding, so get under the skin um, and get to know the people of our businesses. And that's why we always say, you know, Metro Bank, the beauty of us is that, you know, regardless of the size of your business, you'll always have a relationship manager which is really important, especially for businesses right now that perhaps do need um, a face-to-face relationship rather than just speak to somebody in a call centre um, because we have the opportunity to really get to know our customers and understand their business uh, and where they're trying to get to and what they're trying to achieve. Um, and sometimes we find as well that businesses leave it too late. You know, they've gone past that point of, of no return, so to speak. Uh, we're actually, I would say, you know, no questions ever a stupid question. Just pick the phone up or come in and see us um, because sometimes um, prevention is better than cure. Um, so I'd always recommend anybody to, you know, if you are struggling, um, speak to your speak to your bank as soon as possible. Yeah, early, early, early. So, so Stephen, um, Heather's given us a nice sort of link there really in terms of she likes to get under the skin of her customers. And I guess that's understanding the emotions and the well-being of their customers. So I guess it's the right time to ask you a little bit more about the content of your book and about the decisions that people make about their money matters and how that emotional and financial well-being is impacted by the choices that they make. So so tell us a little bit more then about yeah. the content of the book and how that all links through. Yeah, so uh, there's, there's many excellent uh, financial resources out there excellent books 
and I, I've had quite a few of them, read them. And one of the things that I realized is that it, it's very much financial principle driven. And there's a bit of a gap around that emotional component. So what I've done is I've written a book about four fictional characters. Um, and these four fictional characters, they go through a life's journey. They start off in school and one of them gets expelled from school, quite a rebel. And he ends up having to find a job. He can't find one, the one he wants. And then what he does is he eventually becomes a bricklayer and he starts his journey. And then you start to read in this journey about he's saving for a vehicle and he sees a sign outside a furniture store, you know, you want money, have it quick. And now he's faced with this emotional choice and he gets the vehicle, not knowing about MOT, not knowing about road tax. And through the months, eventually this this individual is now very stressed because he thinks he's paid back the loan. He's paid back 1200 already. So he goes to the bank. He says, you've robbed me. And the bank's like, no, we haven't. You've still got an installment left. Then he goes to the furniture store and they're like, but you're supposed to be paying now. It's about 1,004, 1,500 pounds. He says, I've been robbed. He didn't know about this. And then they show him, he signed the clause. And he's faced with this traumatic experience about, do I, what do I do now? Because I actually can't. He's just borrowed 50 pounds from a friend. Do I take another loan? Do I make it through? And he decides he's going to take another loan because this is his, and he just spirals from there. Then I've got an individual, Jennifer, and, and in her life story, she's a successful small business owner. She's a doctor, comes from a well-to-do family, and she's faced with some decisions around her businesses as well. Uh, and in fact, there's a little thing on, on addiction in her life where she takes an illicit drug. And what I've tried to do in that story is demonstrate the financial impact of that type of decision on your finances. Uh, Emmanuel is probably one of my favorites in in the book. He he can't work. I mean, he just doesn't like working for people. He's not built that way. He starts working in a cup. It doesn't work for him. And one of his friends says, why don't you start a company and uh, start with what you enjoy doing? And so he fails miserably and then he starts something that he really enjoys and it takes him through a step-by-step process of how to start a small business, what you need to consider, things like that. And then the last one is actually written for married couples uh, and anyone that's struggling with massive financial debt. And you can see that there's emotional trauma in the marriage. They go to see a marriage counselor, uh, which always happens when there's money problems. There's always going to be conflict between husband and wife. They've got a young child. Sometimes it ends or ends in divorce and they eventually go and see a financial counselor, which is excellent to be honest, to see a financial counselor, but it takes through a step-by-step journey to get out of debt. But in all of it, I mean, it's, it's packed with real life, uh, true emotions around what people face. Uh, at the end of uh, my daughter read the book, I actually paid her 20 pounds to read it, to be honest. But at the end of the book, you know what she said? She said, dad, I'm never going to get a loan. And she said, and I want to start my own company. And and for me, it's sunk home because, and it was written for this very purpose. If people really understand the implications, it will be a life-changing uh, experience around, you know, it's one thing to say, save money. But when you see someone and you read the stories and you realize, wow. And honestly, there's people that, like, I've got my my son's friends buying, they've got copies of the book. And some of them, you know, you'll see that their life will be changed because people don't know the implication. But when they read it, they'll be like, yeah, that's me. I'm the one that has to go to my parents and say, please, can you give me extra money? Because I've run short of cash. 
And parents are like, yeah, sure, but don't do it again. But the child doesn't learn. So that's that's the whole reason for this book is I'm trying to debunk finance and help people to really understand, you know, uh, even retirement. Why should I start retiring, saving money for retirement when I'm an 18-year-old? And then when they read the book, they realize, actually, if I don't, I'm going to end up like some of these characters where I'm going to have to have my family support me. So it's really, for me, that's the reason this this book, I've written this book. And as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it, but it's it's had really good reviews. I've sent it to some financial powerhouses in terms of individuals just to make sure. And uh, yeah, the feedback has been positive. Amazing. Amazing. No, re- really, uh, yeah, really, really good insight. It sounds like a really good book as well. So, so no, thank you for that. And thank you both for your conversations and, and your contribution so far. Uh, we'll continue the conversation after this. The Business Brunch Podcast, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Better Mike on Get Radio. And before that song, uh, we've been speaking with our two experts really about um, effective financial management. Um, I, I think one of the things that we've really kind of spoken a lot about is being careful with money um, and about that kind of financial education. And 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 Heather, I just want to come across to you and really focus on um, what to do when you've got money. Um, so, so I think a lot of businesses um, through the fears of COVID um, ha- have struggled, but also a lot of businesses have kept bigger reserves than they might have previously done. So, mm. so what should you do as a business when, when you've got reserves or, or indeed as an individual? Um, what, yeah, can, can, can you get interest on it? Can you save it? Like what, what, what would you recommend? Yeah. So I think on a personal side first. So as I mentioned earlier, there's some really good interest rates back out there again on the market. Um, so, you know, there's go on the Internet. There's, there's websites that you can Google, find out who's offering the best rates for your needs. You know, because there's lots of different options out there, whether you want to keep it instant access, where you want to put it away for a period of time, uh, whether you want to receive monthly interest on the monies. Um, so do do research uh, or pop into your local, you know, into your bank and, and speak to one of the professionals there to see what's on offer. But, yeah, definitely right now is a good time for savers, for sure. Um, but also on the flip side of that, you know, mortgage, you know, if you've got the opportunity to pay chunks off your mortgage as well, um, that's that's something else that personally I would recommend um you know and and start to bring that debt down um and i guess the same principles go for businesses as well you know if you're sat with cash at bank um have a look to see what your bank's offering um obviously make sure you've got enough in terms of cash flow what the business needs are also make sure that people are paying you on time um you know so it's not affecting the overall cash flow piece um but as i say i guess the principles would both both apply um pay off pay off any debt or or put it make sure on the highest interest rate account possible uh for your business needs cool this doesn't work really well on radio but those that are on the video recording can see my metro money box in the background which is uh gets my little pound coins every so often that's my way of saving uh the money well keeps out of the kids hands to be fair but uh, that's my best <laughs> way of doing it um Stephen, yeah. one of the things you mentioned was about um making sure that every penny or you spend every penny as wise as possible. And I guess people early on the journey or people who've got into different habits, if you like, of not being wise with their money, how, how does that habit change for them? Have you got any sort of tips in the book or tips or thoughts you'd like to share now that can help yeah. people think about being wise? Yeah, I think the first the first point of call is to understand actually what you spend. 
if, if you don't know what you spend, it'll be like someone getting in a vehicle and just driving and then complaining that they're lost. So the first thing is take three months worth of bank statements, take your time and write down what each of those expenses are. Work out which ones of those expenses, if I draw a lot of cash, what did you spend on? If you don't know, then make a note. How much have you spent on cash? How much have you spent shopping? How much have you spent on rent? How much have you spent on electricity? How much have you spent in every aspect? And put them into little brackets and see exactly where you stand. Then you look at those expenses and you go to your next step, which is basically which of those expenses will happen every month, no matter what. And then compare that to your income. If it if it's more than your income, you are going to need to make some adjustments. Whether it be downscaling, getting out of some things that you're in, whether it be renegotiating a contract, whether whatever it is you're going to need to. And there's there's a couple of principles in the book around. I mean, I've I've taught this before, where you can even renegotiate with banks, particularly if you're going through financial struggles. And they can work out a plan for you. And I've seen where couples have come to me afterwards and said, Stephen, amazing. It's really helped. But then you have to get that discipline right. Because if you don't, a lot of times this is what people do. <laughs> they write it all down. They get out of it and then they get right back into it and they go through this flow. And they use either a 13th check or a bonus if they're lucky to get those things or additional capital that get, comes into the business. They use it to subsidize their lifestyle benefit rather than saying, well, actually this money, I may not get, I remember a customer once years later, you know, they had one big customer and their business relied on it. That customer fell away. Now suddenly their business couldn't cope. Whereas if they had actually had a budget, they would have uh, planned and said, you know what, if I do lose this customer, I can survive for three, four months. It'll give me enough time to get the next customer. But in terms of Having that plan, the first, very first step is understand where you are, understand what is going to go through no matter what, how does that compare with your income. All the other little pieces are negotiable. You can start to look at those and say, how do I change it? Uh, downscaling, cell phones, mobile contracts, absolutely renegotiating for interest rates uh, in terms of even with uh, a vehicle. You can even look at that. Uh, but again, it's harder. But you know, if you do you do struggle, you do need to unfortunately go through that process because you can't you you won't get around that cycle uh, and look for better deals to bring it down. But again, if you look at it and you say none of these expenses, if I look at it compared to my income, it's not going to work. You're always going to be the one borrowing money, and at that point in this book, it goes through very in very much a detailed analysis around things you can cut back. You know, sometimes even looking at your social circles and saying, do I really need to go to the pub? And some people will say, oh, four or five pounds for beer doesn't mean anything. But actually, if you add it all up, it means a lot. Maybe look for recreational activities while you're going through the cycle to get out of this debt squeeze. Uh, look at recreational things that will change your life. And then once you're out of it and you start saving, you can in reintroduce those things that you once had. But now at least it's in the right order. Re really, really good advice. Um, Heather, 
I guess focusing on good financial management. Um, if you were to look at, uh, across all of your clients at the bank, um, like is, is there, are there particular traits that you see with with those that are are very good with financial management and, and do kind of make those right decisions? Are and, and I guess kind of are there any points or teasers or um, ideas that you could potentially share with with those listening at home that that, that they could potentially consider? Yeah, definitely. So I think you know when we. You know, when we sat down talking to one of our businesses, that the ones that are in a, in a good place and successful, generally they have a plan. You know, they've got a plan and they know what what, what the goal is. Um, they keep an eye on their financial position, so they know what their their accounts look like day to day. Their customers pay on time. Um, they pay their taxes on time as well, which is really important. They know how much stock they've got currently. Um, they work really well and closely with their accountant. I think that's really important is having an accountant that you can work with and trust. Um, make sure you've got the right funding in place that's right for you and your business. I'd always say start with your bank first, um, see where they can help, um, and face problems head on rather than bury your head mm-hmm. in the sand um, because sadly that's where then things do start to fall, fall apart a little bit. Um, and then if you do get past that point is actually there's no shame in asking for help. But generally, them top tips, the first ones I mentioned there, were what we see from really good businesses uh, that are successful. Brilliant. And as Heather says, we do like a, a top tip. Yep, St- Stephen, you, you want yeah, to add I, to that? I, I really think that I want to just stress that point that was made around uh, a financial individual involved in the in the business. A lot of times, business owners, they have complete passion and they're brilliant at what they do absolutely awesome they can make this thing hum but unfortunately they don't have that financial skill a lot of the time and um, as a result they end up in in a huge mess if you get the right financial partner involved in your business that can manage that point they can actually hold you back which is excellent it's like whoa you need to slow we need to get the capital in we need to get money back from the customers that we're doing business for and then they they keep that thing in check you've got accountability um, so I, I think that's an excellent point. Have the right financial person involved in your business to help you make wise decisions. Because honestly, a lot of business owners, super passion, a huge amount of energy can sell us to Eskimos. But in the background, if their finances are not in order, those businesses, and, and if you, again, the statistics are not in, in the favor of a small business owner, many fail. And a lot of times those businesses fail not because it wasn't a good idea, not because the person did, but because it was poor financial management. Yeah. Yeah. I see that really on a daily basis. I would say a huge percentage of businesses, if there's one area they dislike in their business, it's the finances, but they still keep hold of it because it's a bit personal to them, if you like. Um, Heather, you, you sort of teased us a little bit with um, what we like to finish the show with is uh, is top tips. Um, obviously a, a, an avid listener to know that we talk about top tips. So thank you for that. So what would be your top tips around effective financial management or effective man- money management for our listeners? Yeah. Well, I think Stephen there kind of stole my thunder a little bit there at the end because I was just about to mention, you see that so often with with businesses that they're so passionate about their product or their service um, that they're, you know, the, the day-to-day banking or the finances side of things don't, yeah, don't get the attention. But that's where 
you know, accountants, you, you know, your brokers, your lawyers, your bankers, all, all can assist and help. So make sure you are reaching out and having regular dialogue, you know, um, make sure you're having them regular meetings, whether it's face-to-face or phone calls or whatever it be, um, because ultimately, you know, speaking from a banking point of view, we're there to hold the business's hands through through that transition of growth um, and help them to get to where they want to be. So what I would say is just make sure that you are engaging with with your bank um, and letting them help and support you um, would be my, my top tip. Amazing. Perfect. Well, thank you so much um, to you both. Um, but unfortunately, that is the end of the show. Um, so thank you so much to you both for, for joining us on The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio today. If you are just tuning in, um, we have had Heather Wood of Metro Bank and Stephen Jacobs, um, the author of The Butterfly Effect of Money. So definitely recommend uh, following these two because, yeah, they've just shared such such expertise over the last hour. So thank you both for that. For that. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You've been listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. We're back next week with a new theme and even more thoughts, tips and ideas to help you to develop your own business. And finally, just that reminder that you can listen via the radio or online each Sunday at 11 o'clock. The podcast version comes out via your favourite podcast platforms each Monday. And if you like the video version, that comes out on the Facebook page of Get Radio or on their website every Tuesday. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and we'll see you next week.